Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Yo, 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 mi gente, que pasa? Today's episode is a very, very, very mucho, mucho especial. I'm so excited to share this episode with you because I'm interviewing and discussing the importance of inner work in the Latina community with five incredible ass women who I get to call friends, sisters, and clients. They are a part of our sisterhood year-long coaching program. They are so incredible and they have completely been transforming their lives. And many of them have a business or are a career or are coaches. And not only are they changing their lives, but they're changing their clients' lives. They're changing their families. They're, they're healing generational trauma. I mean, they're changing the landscape of the inner work in the Latin community. And I'm really pumped to bring this episode to you because I wanted to share their story. Y la importancia, la importancia de hacer el trabajo en uno mismo, to do the inner work on yourself. I called it Seya Puede Yo Puedo because many times in the interview I was asking questions and so many times I'm like, if she could do it, I could do it. Seya Puede Yo Puedo. I'm like, yo, we got to call it that. We got gorgeous Angelica Vasquez, who is a Mexican, amazing, incredible coach. And I've got all their details in the show notes, by the way, if you want to connect with these incredible women. We got Nereida Martinez, who's been in the sisterhood for two years. She's now one of our USA moderators inside of our incredible community. Jexeda Flores, who is a beautiful coach. She works in confidence. She helps mamas realign their lives. Jexeda is also one of my ladies in the squad. She's just so incredible. Janice Torres Rodriguez. Oh my God, Janice. She's been on the podcast many times. She is the founder and boss lady at Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. She's just such a beautiful soul and she helps women, Latin women with money mindset. And Janice has a sister in the sisterhood, Leanne, who is the next level incredible hype chick. She is just the best. She joined the sisterhood, completely killed it. She's done the work. She's changing her life. She's got an amazing podcast, Watch Us Thrive. She's just next level. And it is my honor to watch these women evolve and grow and seeing sisters in the sisterhood, y viendo mujeres haciendo el trabajo en ellas mismas, cambiando su vida, like doing the work. Yo, this shit is hard. And as you're going to hear today in this episode, you're going to hear from them. And I'm sure that you'll resonate whether you are Latina or not, by the way. Let me just say that real quick. This is Latinas sharing what's up in our Latin community. And I wanted to share that because I do have the pleasure of working so, with so many Latin women and I want to work with more Latin women. But the reality is my Greek friends, my Sri Lankan friends, my Lebanese friends, my friends from all different countries and all different backgrounds, you will resonate with this because there are cultural things that happen in our communities that prevent us from doing the work on ourselves, that prevent us from healing our trauma, our parents, the shit that's handed down, the expectations that we have as women. So I know you're going to hear yourself in these women's stories. 
I am next level excited to bring them to you. If you want to connect with them more, please head to the link in the show notes or thequeenofconfidence.com. Click on podcast. You can find all their details there. Without further ado, I want you to meet these incredible, incredible reinas. Hello, my loves. I am so happy that you are here today. We have a very, very mucho, mucho especial episode of the podcast. I've already cried before we freaking started recording. I've got five amazing queens who are a part of our sisterhood. They are Latinas. They inspire me every fucking day. And I'm so grateful that they are in my world and that we are co-creating this healing journey together. I just want to welcome all of y'all to the podcast. Listen, listen, you guys, this is, we've got like, we've got six Latin ladies, so we are going to do the horns up in here. We, we, we got to do it. We got to do it. I don't know if that's copyright, but anyway, if it is, you can, uh, you can simulate her. <laughs> so this is going to be a great conversation because I wanted to get you all on because number one, you're showing up, you're doing the work. Number two, you have very similar backstories, similar ideas, upbringings, family structures to what I had growing up. And I think it's powerful when we share story and when we tell people who we are, where we came from, what we went through. And despite that, every single one of you, every single one of you have created amazing ass results in your life. And y'all are just getting started. What does Jayla say? And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm just getting started. That's y'all. Okay. So I'd love to go around. We'll start with Janice, my girl, who's already been on the podcast before. She is a pro at the, the Confidence Chronicles. Um, tell us a little bit about you and what made you decide to join the sisterhood or go, I'm going to work on myself with this crazy Latina, Erica. <laughs> Well, first off, girl, like the work that you do is like, can we just give you the flowers, please? Because I think in our community, talking about mental health is just non-existent. And I'll be the first to say, like, I come from a household where there's a lot of mental health issues that nobody wants to acknowledge. Um, And so it's one of those things that we inherit uh, generationally until we decide that we're done perpetuating that stuff. And so for me, as the oldest child, I've had to be strong um, for everybody for such a long time. I'm, you know, that character in Encanto that's just like got everybody's shit that I'm carrying. And in my mid thirties, I've gotten to the place where I'm like tired of being that person for everybody and not being that person for me. So that's absolutely why I wanted to join the sisterhood because I just needed to give myself permission and a space where I didn't have to be the strong one all the time. Cause I'm tired. Oh, girl, Maribel, that shit is yep. good. That's me, girl. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And tell us, what do you? What's your? What's your work about? For those of you that haven't listened, I'm going to tag our old podcast in the show notes. She's a boss. <laughs> yeah. So I am an accidental entrepreneur that somehow created a podcast that people are now listening to. It's a podcast for Latinas about money called Yo Quiero Dinero, inspired by the amazing song by Cardi B and J Lo. And I'm really about empowering women in our community to not accept the 
like bottom of the barrel as what we deserve, right? I think we're taught to be grateful. We're taught to be callaita. We're taught not to ask for what we deserve and what we need in order to like actually flourish in life. And so I've come to realize, you know, in this capitalist society that we all grow up in, money's power. And so if we want to be powerful, we want to be poderosa, we need the capital, we need the options and money brings that to us. So I'm all about helping women get the bag so we can do whatever the fuck we want. You, yeah, I feel like I need to go bow, 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 again. <laughs> Jenny, you do you so much, right? Like, can we all can we all just unmute and give her a This is why having Latinas on your podcast is the best. Okay, so I'm going to introduce Leanne, and the cool thing about Leanne is that she is Janice's sister. So. Yes. For y'all that don't know, in the sisterhood, we do have, like, there are mother-daughters, there are sisters, there are uh, sister-in-laws. Like, this is a family, like, we are family, Sledge Sisters up in here. So this is your sister. Leanne, tell us what made you want to join. You have an amazing story. You have an amazing podcast. Tell us about why you wanted to join the sisterhood and how it feels having your sister in the hood. Mm. Girl, well, first of all, before I even get started, I just want to say thank you, Erica, for having me here. It's such an honor to just be in your presence and be around these amazing women. So I really just want to say thank you before I start. Um, the reason why I'm in the sisterhood is actually because of my sister. We were at a conference in Brooklyn, and I don't know how the conversation started. We were just talking about growing up, mental health, all of that stuff. And I was like, I need some help. You know, I worked with a life coach over the summer last year and she was great, but I really needed more. So Janice offered to buy your program for me and I've been here ever since. And it's (sighs) to say that it's been life changing is an understatement for those who don't know. I am a domestic violence survivor and Hitting that rock bottom after going through that last year was my reason for joining this program because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do next. I didn't know, you know, right from left, I had gotten fired from my job. My unemployment ran out like I was just in a fucking hole and I needed help and I couldn't do it on my own anymore. And because of my sister and because of you. I've completely fucking changed my life. And it's only been seven months. Like, it's insane. I can't insane. believe that. It's only been that. seven months. But it feels like a fucking lifetime, okay? <laughs> but yeah, oh, that, that's, wow. why, that's why I started. Janice, can I... And we got to come back to this, you guys, because this is like yes. a beautiful telenovela, like a good one, not like a bad one, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. And tell us now, what, what do you, you got a podcast? What did you, how did you like quickly tell us about that? Cause that's awesome. Yes. Yes. I started my podcast in the beginning of the year. It's called watch us thrive. And it's really just talking about uncomfortable conversations around taboo topics like domestic violence. I started it off with sharing my own story and throughout my journey to healing, I've met so many amazing women, especially in the sisterhood. There's a couple here that are going to be on my podcast. And, you know, I just really want to share their own story stories of turning their pain to their purpose. So that's what my podcast is all about. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for existing. Okay. Jake, say that with your pink hat. I love it. Hey, hey, 
you know, I was trying to think, how did I come across Erica? I have no idea, but I know that I came across you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and I joined the sisterhood. One, I loved your vibe. I just want to be in your space. Um, and I think you were one of the first people that um, I resonated with not only are you Latina, your upbringing and joining really allowed me to step into my childhood. I think I have left that somewhere else um, because I was supposed to become this other person and be successful and get into corporate. And none of that is really spoken about. Um, so you just gave me so much permission. Like as a Latina, it is fucking possible. And holy shit, I'm not the only one that has this crazy ass upbringing, our culture, yes, to mental health. And it's funny that you mentioned that, Janice, because I feel like my mom tried to bring awareness and I've only been able to realize this now. My mom was seeking therapy several times in like uh, in my upbringing because she was very depressed and but she never had support because in the culture, who the hell are you to go get therapy? Like, what the fuck do you need therapy for? So she was constantly... Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Like you're so crazy. Why do you need therapy? So crazy. So yes, I feel like my mom may have tried to bring some awareness, not really talking about it, just going and doing it, but there wasn't support. So she just always gave up and just never did anything for herself, which brought me kind of on my journey as a mom. You know, we just don't do for ourselves. We see the moms, the Latinas, they're carrying it all, they're cooking, taking care of the family, all this stuff. Um, but my mom used to be a stay at home mom. And I think I saw the way that my dad and my mom's dynamic was. So I knew I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom because then I would have a say. So I needed to go to work and all that shit. Long, long story, but it brought me here. And really the sisterhood has allowed me to so much permission to heal parts that I have just dug away um, and also allowed me to just meet other Latinas, other women to create that's you have created or you have allowed to create that space for us to come in and to feel like we belong. And I think for so long, we used to constantly move around. So feeling like I belonged anywhere was just not a thing. It just never felt like I belonged. Um, and this space has like been that place where I feel like I belong. I can connect with other women and it's not this catty gossip type shit. It's like everyone's headed towards something. We're all healing. We're all growing. We're all crying. We're all, all the shit. So we all, we all got trauma. So <laughs> trauma for your mama. We are all okay. llorando. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. She's talking. And just so y'all know, in case you're not watching this video, you should watch the video because it's great. We're like giving hearts and shit to you because it's so true. Oh, I just say that. And then tell us, what do you do? What do you do now? Yeah. So I left corporate in April of 2021. Um, I basically got them to let me go with pay. I just kept saying no to all the offers they gave me. I was like, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. No, I don't want. They're like, fuck, we don't have a choice. Are you going to say you quit or do we got to tell you that? Okay. The road has ended here. So I didn't say I quit. And they were like, okay. I was like, perfect. Um, So I had started my business a little bit before that, started doing some virtual workouts. I was really trying to find my way as I was going on my journey already. And now I'm doing consulting and coaching, which is just absolutely fucking crazy. The shit that's happening for me, I've worked my ass off. um, And I coach women to really step into their power, to gain the confidence and the courage in themselves 
um, because I know what it was like to feel overwhelmed, stressed, depressed, and just looking for purpose and everything else. And then I climbed the corporate ladder and I was like, fuck, I hate it here. And that's when I was like, wait, something's wrong. And I want to give other moms the permission, like you too can step into your courage and your confidence. Um, and then my, I think my biggest mission here is just to create the community, right. To create the community for women to come together and to create the community in workplaces, which is like something that has really come to me. I did that before. And I want to be able to give business owners the opportunity to create community within their workspaces so that people feel like they belong there because we spend so much of our time there. So, oh my God, no big deal. We just have like freaking five incredible women here just changing the world. Thank you, Jaxeda. Angelica Angelica Vasquez with your hair that matches Jaxeda's hat and my jacket. We just love pink. My love, tell me, tell me what made you want to join the hood and tell the people, tell the people all the things about you. (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm kind of like, I feel like I am just showing up today. I am. Oh, my God, I'm nervous. But like you say in your book, it's like you're going to gain confidence by doing the stuff you're uncomfortable with. (laughs) So. Today, I was like, I got to show up. Even yesterday when they asked us for the pictures, I was like, well, maybe, like, I think it was, like, self-sabotage in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, I didn't take new pictures, all of that. And it was like, no, I am going to show up because, you know, it's important. And today, I showed up, and I see all you beautiful ladies. And part of me thought that there was going to be more ladies. So when I showed up, I was like, oh, shoot, like, I am so nervous. (laughs) You're killing it. You're killing it. (laughs) Thank you. So I don't know how I found you. I mean, I'm sure I found you on Instagram, but I don't think nobody like recommended me to you. It was just like the Instagram gods were like, here you go. And I was like, heck yes. Like I've been working on myself for 10 years and I've been going to seminars and on a lot of, and a lot of the seminars, I don't have, I don't see a lot of Latinas. And a lot of the times it's like, fuck, like, do I not go or do I go and represent? And it's like, no, I'm going to go and represent because this is so important for me to take all this knowledge that I'm learning and then take it back to my community. So when I found you, when I, and like even um, Denise and I saw it, like I started following you in the podcast with your, your Quiero Dinero Mania. Um, yeah, I was like, oh my God, like, these are my people. And like, I'm, um, I'm an abundance life coach. And so I'm also, I'm a new coach. So I'm, you know, I've been dealing with self doubt and just, you know, feeling like I'm not good enough because I'm too brown. I'm not smart enough, but like, I know, like I have that like fire within me that is just like, Nope, I can't give up. Nope. And like the more I keep finding more of us, the more I feel like, fuck, yeah, I can do this. Like, I'm a badass. So, um, yeah. Yes. The question again? <laughs> that's okay. That's perfect. I'm like, hell yeah, you're a badass. So you joined because of the, and I think we can all resonate with this, like imposter syndrome, self-doubt, not seeing ourselves portrayed out there in the world, in the, in the, in the landscape of speakers, healers, coaches, abundance coaches, you know, people out there. And you go to these seminars and realize, hey, I can be one of those people. I can be the voice. I can be. I could be Latina, I could be brown and talk about abundance and step into my power. So 
you're rocking it. And I love that you're like, I'm nervous. Fucking hello. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. It's a little bit scary to jump on a podcast and be like, come and talk about your life experiences with all of us. And so I really value that, that truth and that vulnerability, because that's the real shit. You know, people go on podcasts and they sound amazing. And they look great. And then they're fucking shitting their pants, you know? So just keeping it real. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And, um, so like when I started, um, I started following you and then I started listening to your podcast, like at four in the morning when I would go hiking and I had you in my ear and I would be like, yes, yes, I could do it. I could do it. It was so like, I never felt alone hiking at four in the morning because I had you in my ear and then I would like tag you on there. I was like, heck yeah. Like, you know, if she could do it, I could do it. And it's like, I had been doing so much personal development that when you came in, it's not like I started from the bottom, but it still felt so powerful. It felt like, you know, you know, just the bitch laps that you give us. It's like a whole different way of like loving us, but telling us like, get your shit done, you know? I yeah. love it. You just gave me the podcast name. I'm gonna call it Si ella puede, yo puedo. That's it. Like, yeah. that's really it. It's <laughs> like, if you could do it, I could do it. It's, it, it's that permission. It's that it's seeing yourself. That's why I, I, anyway, girl, we're going to get into it. Thank you so much, Angelica. <laughs> okay. We got Nereida in the house. Nereida. Oh my God. You're super OG. I am. <laughs> I am. And I'm, I'm so excited and nervous also to be here. Uh, but yes, like you, Angelica, nervous is good. I have learned that when I feel like I'm going to puke or I'm going to shit my pants, I'm on the right track. <laughs> And that is what Erica taught me. Um, so when I started the sisterhood, this was back in 2020, right before the pandemic. Perfect timing, actually. Um, but this was the first time I ever said yes to myself. I had I had just had my daughter. She was, uh, well, she was like about a year and a half old. And I just realized, like, I was so miserable. And I thought that growing up in, you know, in the Mexican culture, I thought my purpose was to be a mom and this was going to be so fulfilling and like, this was it. And then I had so much anxiety and depression and I was like, oh my God, like, I hate this and who am I and what do I want with my life? And so when I found Erica and I saw all that she was doing, which obviously being a Latina, obviously that spoke even more to me to see again, what is possible for me and not really seeing role models like that growing up. Um, I was like, I think I want to do this, but I remember I was so nervous because I was a stay at home mom. I wasn't making any money. My husband was. And so it was a really big thing for me at that time to step up and be like, I deserve this. And I want this for myself. And to like, have this conversation with my husband and say like, you know, I want to make this investment. And, you know, and he was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, with no hesitation. He was like, yeah. And, and I feel like this was a door that opened for me, like this door that I opened for myself literally has just propelled me into like so much more, which is crazy. Cause if I would have never said yes to myself at that time, who knows where I'd be now, you know? But, um, yeah, so basically I'm still kind of in my, um, uh, the baby stages, I guess, of what I'm going to do with my life, I guess. But what has really been big for me is motherhood and just being so real about it. And that's what I 
my, I take it as like my job, like my duty in this world. My Instagram is to just talk about like all the crappy stuff, just as much as we do the good stuff, because I felt like I was failing for so long. Cause I thought, why does everybody have like the pretty pictures and everything looks so perfect. And I was like, I'm miserable and I don't like my husband and I freaking out. Cause I don't really like being a mom. And so I mean, I, I, you know, I love my kids, but this, this shit's hard. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I just, I, I really started showing up and especially like after the sisterhood FWOT, like that, like was it for me. Like I just realized, oh my God, I don't have to be the person who I had to be growing up. I don't have to be the little girl that had to be good. That had to be quiet. Like I can be who it's not too late to be who I meant to be. And so I just start, kept saying yes and yes and yes to myself. And I was showing up and I was like, like, I don't care. I don't care about anybody else because this is more important. My message is more important. So yeah, I started doing that and I started holding free self-care mama circles for people. I remember Erica told me you don't need a degree to hold space. And I was like, okay, then. <laughs> so yes. I did it. I went for it. And so I'm, I'm trying to grow community and make it accessible to moms because it's, it's so hard to have that. Um, and then somewhere along the lines, I've now started my storytelling journey and more and more opportunities are coming up where I'm able to go to these events and tell stories and they really all revolve around motherhood, which eventually I'm going to have my own motherhood storytelling events. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of went, I'm just like, really, I'm just kind of being in the moment and leading, like letting my heart lead me right now, I guess, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like you need a podcast just saying with that nice little setup you got there, you're ready to talk. <laughs> Thank you. You know, thank you, Nereida. Oh my gosh. So there's a variety, right? Like most of the women who join the sisterhood are either mothers or they have a job, like a corporate job, a career, or they own a business or they end up doing that. And I think that this, this work of you unraveling your thoughts and the way you feel about yourself and unraveling your beliefs and your bullshit and your stories and all your trauma makes you wake up to, oh, I'm so much more than what I thought I was. And I want to go do that thing now, all that scary shit. So I would love to hear uh, from anyone who, who would like to share this. When you decided to start your journey of self-work, how was that experience? Uh, did you get pushback from your family? Did you get pushback from the Latinas around you or your Latin community? Did you get pushback for you getting a coach or a therapist, or I know some of y'all maybe have also done therapy. How was that experience when you were like, I'm going to work on myself and invest money and time to journal and listen to books. And uh, how was that? Whoever would like to share, maybe if you have an experience. Um, yeah, Janice. So I was forced to go to therapy because I literally had like a mental health crisis. So I was you know, raised in a household where like, you know, you don't talk about your feelings. You just kind of sweep shit under the rug. Um, you deal with what you deal with. You don't process your emotions. You don't talk about your emotions. And so I, the first person that I saw in my inner circle that was going to therapy was my husband, which is very uncommon for our community, right? Like to see a Latino man say, I need fucking help. I'm going to go get some help. Like I was like, I'm, I'll be the first to say I was hella judgmental. I was like, uh, what's wrong with you? Like you going crazy or something. And he looked at me and he's just like, that's probably the dumbest shit I've ever heard you say. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to husbands who like put you in your place. Yes. Um, you know, because that, and that's honestly where I came from, from a mindset perspective, because that was what we were taught. It's just like, 
you, if you need therapy, if you need mental health therapy, like you're certifiable, like you should be in a nut house. Um, that's the only valid reason why you should be thinking that. Cause otherwise it's just like, go to church and talk to Jesus and he will make it okay. Right. <laughs> so I saw my husband getting therapy, but I wasn't in a place where I felt like I could make that same decision for myself, even though I had been, you know, dealing with anxiety since I was 12, um, in and out of bouts of depression throughout the majority of my high school years into college, into adulthood. And in my, it was maybe a month after I bought my first house, 2016, I was 31 years old. I had gone to school, gotten the master's, gotten the six figure career, bought the house, gotten married, done all the shit. And I couldn't get out of bed. I wanted to burn my house down. I wanted to just literally, I would think about driving my car into another car. I would think about just, you know, what I'm fucking done. And that was the sign that I'm like, I need to get help. And I went to a psychiatric office. I said, I needed a prescription. I need something. I can't even fucking function anymore. And that was the first time that I realized like how many people actually are in these offices, getting help, talking to people. I started talking to my friends about like therapy. I realized there's a lot of them who are in therapy, but we don't talk about it. And so that for me was like a big wake up call that like everybody's going through this shit alone in silence. There's a lot of shame about even disclosing that. And so, yeah, that that was my, I was forced to confront all of the things that I thought I just could bury and just be strong and power through it. At some point, you just can't do it anymore. It, you're going to self-destruct. Mm, I love that. It's like you got forced to do it. You just had to be faced with it. And it sounds yeah. like that was like a big turning point in your life. And I know you shared that story in the podcast. If you want to hear more, make sure you go and listen to that episode because it's fucking amazing. Um, that's a big moment too. Does, does anybody else have a moment where it was like, this is my turning point. This is where I know I'm, I'm so messed up. There's so much pain. I'm feeling like overwhelmed. I really, I need to do something now. Yeah, yeah I'll share. Yeah, oh. Leanne and then Nereida, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my turning point was March 13th, 2021. Um, when my ex-boyfriend almost killed me. And <sighs> you know, I really just don't even know who I am. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because of the amount of changes that had happened in such a short amount of time. And, you know, I've tried therapy before, even before my whole incident with my ex-boyfriend, and I never really took it seriously. The only person that I knew that actually went to therapy was my sister. And for the longest, she told me like, bitch, you got some shit that you need to work on. <laughs> like, you know, you have a lot of fucking demons inside of you. And I'm just like, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> Therapy's for crazy people. Um, yeah, she can vouch for it. But it wasn't really until last year that I finally realized I got some shit that I got to work on because everything that I've been doing for the past 32 years of my life, it's just been the same toxic bullshit over and over and over. And it just got to the point where I was fucking tired. I was tired of being stagnant. I was tired of, you know, 
fucking hating life, honestly. Like, if I'm going to be completely transparent, I was fucking miserable. I was just existing. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened the way that it did. But at the same time, I'm so fucking grateful for it because I finally woke the fuck up. That's what I needed. Mm. Oh, yes, Jackson. I'm seeing the snap, snap, snap. Nereida, tell us what was like uh, the turning point for you. Yeah, so um, I remember uh, uh, when my daughter was still little, my son was a toddler. And I remember having this moment where I literally would just went numb. Like I, I just shut everything down because I couldn't because what I needed for myself, I was giving and pouring out to my kids. And then I realized I was giving nothing to myself. And I remember this moment where I was just like, I can't even like sit down and just have like a meltdown right now because I have to be mom. And so then I just went numb because I was like, I'm not going to feel anything, you know? And then I had like this kind of flashback almost. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think like that's what my mom went through. I think she didn't have the support, didn't know who to talk to. And so I think she just kind of went numb because for uh, me, one of the biggest things that was hard as a child was like not having the emotional support. And so anyway, it just kind of was like this big realization, right? That, oh my gosh, my mom didn't know, but now I know and I can get the support. And so I say, yeah, that I don't really like being a mom because it's freaking hard, right? But now I've learned tools that now I, I see it as my kids are always teaching me like all the time. That's why I don't like it because it's more work. <laughs> it's more inner work. You know, they just bring your coaches. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why I say I don't like it, but I don't mean like how you say, you know, I don't like it. It's just that it's a lot of work, but now I can now, like I said, I have the tools, I can work on it and I see it in a different way. But even then, like seeing all this and being like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, I get, I get to have these tools. I get to change things. When I joined the sisterhood, I did not tell anybody for the longest time. I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed because I was like, how am I going to tell somebody that I need help, that I need to get a confidence coach, you know, like if it was like a bad thing. And um, yeah, it was all the stigma, right? And, and then I didn't know, I knew like my parents wouldn't understand and even my sisters might not understand, you know? And, and with time, I just kind of had to let that go and be like, that's okay. They don't need to understand. This is, this is for me. And even when I got that FW2, FWOT award, I swear I was more proud of that thing than I was of my diploma. And I had like a 4.0 GPA. <laughs> and I, I had a moment where I was like, I got sad that I couldn't tell this to my parents because they wouldn't understand. But then I remembered, hey, it's for me. It's for freaking me. Like I did that. And it, it, that meant more to me more than anything else because I needed to break out of who I was. So anyway, yeah, it was, it was, it was a journey. And now I shout it out proud. Oh my <laughs> and I God. The sisterhood. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Do you see like all the layers of like there's so many layers of this, like you're going through this yourself, you've been told, or we've grown up in, in families that, you know, and I will say, and I know we all know this now, but our parents did the best they could with what they had, right? Like they weren't out there to try to fuck us over on purpose. I know that they tried and they probably got that from their parents, but you could just see that, that how we were raised and in, however you were raised in whatever family, like this, this Latin dynamic that like you, you soldier on, you don't cry. You don't go to therapy. So terapia, tú estás loca. Like you're going to go for manicomio. You know, we don't do that. We don't talk about, we don't talk about therapy. It's like, that you're, lazy you're depressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? It's like, you're depressed. What's that? Like you, medication, like none of that gets, gets spoken about or gets shared. So then we don't even know that that's possible. 
And look at that. I didn't even know that Nereida, like now Nereida is a Facebook uh, community moderator inside of the sisterhood. She's been in for like two years. I've watched your kids grow up, like when you were feeding and holding them. And now it's like seeing them on the calls. I'm like, you know, I feel really like the ladies in there are part of the family. So it's crazy to hear that you didn't even have that space where you could share that, that, that moment with your family. It's wild. But I have the sisterhood and I will say that that is in it. I mean, gosh, I feel like, like I said, the sisterhood opened up so much, right. Where like I started with the sisterhood and being open to women, just really holding space for me and just holding me through it all. Like just as my truest self, just everything raw and to be supported. And now I feel like I have so many little sisterhoods. I have local ones. And I mean, you know, like I, what I mean is like women that support me and stuff. So I felt like that alone just even opened me up to even more. And it's just wild. Like when you're just lifted up by other women, it's beautiful. It's huge. It's huge. Thank you. I want to hear Jack say that. What do you like? Why do you think that Latinas in particular and how we're growing up and, and our culture and, and what's known about us? Because I remember Janice, when you shared on the podcast, like it was almost like we weren't looked at or we weren't we weren't looked after or we weren't spotlighted or highlighted. And it was like, oh, Latin people over there, like that feeling that like, oh, you are over there, like we're not included in many of the, the big discussions. Um, and I'd love to hear what some of y'all think. And we can start with Jack say that, like. Why do you think it's important that Latinas do self-development, do the inner work, do the, you know, therapy mindset kind of work? Yeah, holy shit. Um, one, it's important that we speak up for the rest of us, that we set the example. And the like best place that I can relate this to is my corporate job, right? They knew like, fuck, Jex is walking in. They already knew the Latina was coming and I had some shit to say because I always got something to say. And I was like, no one was touching my people until they came through me. And so I know that immediately because of being Latina, that it was already like, oh, um, either the bossiness or just the titles, right, that come along with our sass. And it's just, well, I feel like sometimes I need to speak up in the way that I speak up, because if not, I'm not fucking heard or I'm not taken serious. So now you're going to see a little bit of the head movement and you're going to see some of the attitude because it ain't coming across when I'm trying to like nicely speak, right? Um, So I think it's so important for us to be the difference for the Latino culture, period, and also for women, because one, I think because we're Latinos, Latinas, um, it's um, it's when Erica said this, it took a really long time for this shit to click. But when she's like, I'm a stupid Latina, I'm like, why would she say that? And it took a long time to be like, that's what I thought, which is why I felt like I had to defend so much of my knowledge and what I knew. And like, I didn't have a bachelor. So I had to go the extra mile because now, oh, she doesn't have a bachelor. So like, who the fuck is she? So it's like really standing up and defending ourselves and knowing that we know the shit that we know. um, And we too can take up space. And that's what I've always said. Like, if they ain't fucking giving you a chair at the table, bring your own fucking chair or bring your own table because we deserve a chair there too. And I've learned that so much in corporate way too many fucking times because they want to use us to translate, but they don't want to pay us for that shit. 
They want Janice, all the other Janice benefits. is like, hell yeah, girl. I feel like y'all need a podcast about corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I could go on and on. So that's really the spaces that I remember many times feeling like I had to speak up extra because we did grow up in cities where I was around Latinos. I was around black, around a lot of black people. I had different people that I was close to. Um, but definitely, especially when in rooms with Americans and with men, American women and American men, it's like, fuck, I need to stand taller and I need to make myself heard even more, which then just gives us a bad name because we're too loud and we're too this and we're too that. So can I just get y'all to unmute anybody else feel like that? Because I'm like, hell yes. 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 Okay. Listeners, we hear you. But not the cooks. Yeah. Yes. Say so. Tell me, Angelica, what's your like, how you feel about this? Like, the importance of Latinas working on themselves and feeling like we we need to take up space or we have to force ourselves into spaces to be seen and to be heard? Um, well, I was going to go a little bit of a different route with the question at the beginning. You yeah. said, why do Latinas need this kind of work? And I believe that we need it because in our culture, we have a lot of like, what will people think? Like, ¿Qué va a decir la gente? So then we keep a whole bunch of secrets in our families like hush hush and then there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and then it just gets passed on from generation to generation and it's like no fuck that we need to speak up for ourselves like you know um how they used to say like calladita te ves más bonita you know being quiet you look a little bit prettier and it's like fuck that i was molested when i was younger And had I not done this kind of work, I would be still with the shame and the guilt. And every time that I speak about it around people and people hear me, either they've had those similar experiences or they know somebody who's had gone through that. It just feels like I stand taller and I don't let that shit like bury me down. And I'm sure there's other secrets that other people are holding back because what will people think? And it's like, no, fuck that, you know, honor whatever you've gone through and heal through it and move forward and don't carry it like, oh my God, I don't want no one to know this because now I'm dirty. Now I'm, I'm not worth it. And so I feel like, especially with um, sexual abuse, it's definitely a generational trauma. So even the people like the guy who abused me, i I have empathy for him because I believe that it has been happening, happening from generation to generation. And no, I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm not going to be his friend. But it's definitely something that if we don't understand that, it's also healing for the people who've been a victim to sexual abuse to understand that because then they can let the, go of that hatred and they can be more at peace. And that just makes like the world so much better. And and not only that, there's also like, how do you raise your little boys? Stop saying like, oh, because they're a boy, they can go out like, you know, like nothing but a woman has to be hiding, has to be like wearing like very discreet clothes, all of that. So I went on a tangent, but basically, I believe that Latinas, Latin, the Latin community needs to do this kind of work because we need to talk about all those secrets. We need to talk about all those wounds that we carry on from generation to generation so that we can feel on the next generation. Um, that was the best tangent ever. We're all like, we over here like, pew, 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 pew. yeah, pew, 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 pew. we're like nodding. We're like, oh my gosh. 
Um, first of all, I honor you and I know you cause you're in the sisterhood and you show up to the calls and we've coached and we've done coaching together, me and you before in there. And you've shared so vulnerably about your sexual abuse and, you know, something important that we all touched on earlier is like, if you want vulnerability, you got to bring vulnerability. If you want to be seen, like show up, if you want other women, if you want to change any community and for us it's the Latin community, like start changing. You can't wait for it to happen. And so I share a lot about my sexual abuse, my mom, my upbringing, and just to, just to the listeners, like, why do you want to share that? Why do you, does your story matter no matter how big or small? Because Jexeda heard my story felt seen. Now she's in the program. We're all connected and we're changing each other's lives. Now she's changing other women's lives and her children. And Angelica shares about her sexual abuse because I, I shared about my sexual abuse and Leanne shares about her domestic, about, I mean, like, hello, the corporate gig, like motherhood fucking sucking <laughs> because it sucks in the beginning. It's hard. You know, like, every single one of us having that vulnerability, we're able to show it. And then we can bring that out. Like that can come back to us. So I just want to honor you for sharing that because, you know, I think there is a lot of trauma in many cultures, but I know in the Latin culture, um, what, what country are you from Angelica? Mexico, Mexico. Oh, we got Mexico and Puerto yeah. Rico in the house. Okay. <laughs> and Australia. No, I'm not claiming Australia. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, there's so much deep seated stuff and in South America, like some of those countries, like the communism there and the men and the machismo and the, whoo, like there's a lot of work to be done in that community. So thank you for sharing this, my love. Um, okay. So just switching gears for a second, speaking of change in the Latin community, what do you think needs changing? What do you think is still an ongoing issue that's big that we see that hasn't been tackled. I know that Janice, you're tackling the money side and the worthiness side and the get your money, passive income side, hustle side. Um, but what do y'all think that is, is an issue in the Latin community that needs work that hasn't really, uh, been worked on? I want to start really quick. I just want to highlight on something. Um, I think it's the coming together and no longer bochinchando. Like there's nothing but fucking gossip within the Latino culture. At least that's all I remember. Nobody was sitting at the table talking about no motherfucking wins about how you look great. It's like, as soon as you walk in the door, there's criticism, either you're too fat or you're too skinny um, and nothing but what changes. And that's where we need to start. We need to start to become one, to stand for one another, to support one another, to guide one another, to love one another versus us feeling like we can't even sit at the table with our family. We need to go find a family. And it's like what we're supposed to be the family. So I just wanted to throw that out there because that's mm -hmm. my take on where the fuck we need to start. The bochinche. Mira lo que tiene ya puesto. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Do y'all call it bochinche in Mexico? What do y'all call it? That gossip shit. Vivoreando. Oh, okay. Like when, when you're looking at what somebody else is like wearing and or like, oh, they gained weight. Oh, they lost weight. Oh, like all those that. Yeah. <laughs> the chisme, the chisme. Um, Leanne, tell us, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think just normalizing conversations about not being okay and mental health. I think that's such a huge thing, especially in our communities that we still struggle with. And it really, I noticed that it really wasn't until I shared my own story that people started feeling comfortable in sharing their story. So 
I think we just need to talk more about the uncomfortable shit because we all have a story to tell. And the more we talk about it, the more we can normalize it. I would say that we also need to stop using the excuse that we didn't learn how to take care of ourselves from our parents is the reason why we're not going to do it. Okay. I think it comes down to like understanding that they did what they could do. Now you have tools. Now you have options. Now you have resources. So like, if you're not going to take the initiative to break the cycle, then you're part of the fucking problem. Like we can't blame mom and dad anymore when you're 40 years old and still don't know how to fucking act. Okay. 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 Are y'all ready? Yo, yo, <laughs> she's hitting us with the victim land. No sea victima, okay? Uh, a tu trabajo. That's so true. Oh, my God. Okay, I love it. Angelica, we need four hours, by the way, just in case. Uh- <laughs> yes. Um, I believe that we need to have more abundance um, conversations in the Latin community because there's a lot of, like, Oh, that's too expensive. But then they'll go buy like these fucking expensive cars or they they won't pay like for the coaching program or they won't pay for therapy, but they will be like, you know, in their Gucci bags. Oh my God. And then the whole like um, BBLs and all of that, that it's like, what is it too expensive? You know, anyways, yeah, there's Um, a lot that goes along with that. Yes, yes, yes. Hells yes. Uh, Nereida, this is good. Okay, everybody give us the feedback because we want to hear from everybody. (laughs) I think uh, one of the things I, it's like literally down to the basics of being uh, feeling safe enough to express your love because I, I, I just don't think because we don't talk about feelings and it's like the affection piece. Uh, and, and I don't know, I can't speak for everybody. Right. But like, for me, like there was just no affection. Like I remember I was 18 years old when I moved out and it was awkward to give my mom a hug. And I'm like, how, and it didn't hit me until way later. Right. But I was like, Oh my gosh, how sad, but it's like this, it's uh, and I think it does come from, we need to be strong and, you know, just get it together. So it's like, it almost, it feels like love is almost a weakness also. And, and I think, um, that that's traumatic for, for children, for adults to not experience what, true love is from family growing up because then you're kind of seeking it and you don't know where it's what it is or I don't you know like it's just it's confusing (laughs) it's very confusing and I just wish they knew it was it's okay like the and I think it comes from the machista like mentality of like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give your boo-boo a kiss or whatever you know what I mean like it just it's so deeply rooted in there and but you know it 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 affects us all long term hundred percent. Did everybody share that? Like what needs change in the Latin community? Yes. Um, I think that I feel my one, let me just add to this is I feel like I want to see us on big. I want to see us big. I don't want to just see Sofia Vergara and they go, when you're older and Latin, you're going to be sexy. I don't want to be like the Latinas are hot and red dresses and sexy. And yes, we're fucking sexy, no matter what shape, size, hair, color, culture, you know, I was going to say company, country we came from. But also there's so much more to that. Like we have so much more than just being, we're Latin speaking, sexy, Spanish dancing, fucking flamenco emojis. It's like, okay. I want to see us doing big shit. I want to see, I struggle when I try to like, Janice, you're really good at this because you got your finger on the pulse, but I struggle to call upon my Latin women. Like, uh, 
Celia Cruz, uh, JLo. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, I, I honestly don't know. And I probably, I heard about that, that chick who won the Academy Award from your Instagram because I didn't even know she was, I didn't even know who the hell she was, to be honest. Okay, so my computer just melted because it's too much heat. Like Jenny said, it's, it's too hot up in here. Um, but I didn't even know about that, that girl until you shared it. So I feel like one of the big problems is like, and I love me, Marie Forleo, Tony Robbins, all these people. But as a coach, I'm like, where's the Puerto Rican Marie Forleo? Where's like, I got Cardi B. I love her. I don't really agree with all her choices, but she's cool. Uh, J-Lo, again, I don't agree with all her choices. She's cool. Who we got, like, who do we have out there that's not doing singing and dancing and rapping? Like, it's it's wild. So to me, I feel like we need some, some uh, what's the word called? diversity Diversity? in what represents Latinas, right? Because I think so much of what we see and what is projected to us is that our value is based on our physical appearance. You know, how beautiful you are. What if your hair is straight, if it's naturally curly, if you have big hips, if you have the bottle, you know, the Coke bottle fucking figure. And it's just like, um, if that's what we're aspiring to, we're aiming so fucking low for what we actually have capable in our community. A hundred percent. And so it's, it's it, this is an invitation for you to take up space and stand up and go for it. And don't get discouraged if you don't see the Puerto Rican Oprah. We're all trying to do that. Okay. We are all in the, in the climb. And if we don't work on ourselves and if we don't heal the trauma and the shit that we picked up along the way, we're not going to get to do that. And then these other cultures and these other people that always get it, keep getting it because they're not teaching their kids the shit that we learned that rich dad, poor dad. You haven't read that book. Like we're, they're not learning that we're not learning these things. So I want to ask you all, you know, our childhood obviously impacts individually. If you could just share, like, what do you feel like was a big childhood moment for you or a big thing that was cemented for you that affected you that maybe as a kid, we thought it was okay, but you realize in adulthood, how it fucked us over and affected us because we all done the work and we know from our childhood who we show up as. Um, I'd love to hear about maybe an experience that you remember or a, or a belief or a story that you had as a kid and how you see it now after doing the work in hindsight, how that shit affected you as an adult. How long you got? <laughs> I was thinking Yo. the same thing. Like, Yo, we, Erica? this camera yeah, like is good. We good now. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to start uh, because this is like literally fresh off my mind. Um, I revealed on Twitter that I know my parents follow me on a couple of days ago that when I was 19 years old, so 18 years ago, I had an abortion that no one knew about. And when I think back to why no one knew it's because I was not taught that it's okay to tell the truth. Every time I told the truth, I got in trouble. And so I learned that you do not disclose when something's wrong, you go and fucking figure that out. You bury it, you put it away so that no one ever finds out about it. And, um, you know, the conversations, at least in the U.S., have come up because uh, abortion rights is a really big political issue that people are talking about right now. And as somebody who, you know, has built a platform where I feel like my voice matters and I have a sort of a, like a sense of responsibility to continue to destigmatize so much of the shit that we as women are taught about 
ourselves, what we have permission to do, what we have permission to say, I felt like it was the time to, you know, tell my truth. And <laughs> I, I was more nervous, honestly, about like my parents reaction than I was about strangers on the internet, which is kind of just like, so fucking weird. But I knew like, yo, once this shit is out, like, that's it. And let's see what the reaction is going to be. So, you know, an hour into when I posted it, I get a text from my mom. She's like, is this for real? Like, did this actually happen? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, because I did not feel safe. And while I usually expect my mom to go into defense mode, she actually apologized to me. And she, for the first time, was like, I'm sorry that I created that type of environment that you felt like you couldn't come to me. And I'm sorry that you had to experience this on your own. And then my father called me. My father and I do not talk about any emotional shit. Like most Latino fathers just don't even acknowledge that there's fucking family trauma. They're just like over there watching all the women act wild. And they're just like, oh, bueno, you know, women will be women. And he, he apologized to me too. And he was like, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. And so just, you know, their level of consciousness now that they realize like their actual role in creating what has manifested as like, you know, mental health issues and stuff like them taking responsibility was something that I never thought like I would hear, but I really appreciated that because I feel like we've gotten to a new level in our relationship because of it. Um, wow. Wow. First of all, honor you for that share and holy shit, everybody here. We all like, Oh my God, because look at your ability to put yourself out there, to share that, to do the work before you obviously shared that. Cause you have created shifting and changing in your parents without them joining a program, going to therapy and doing that. Like you did that. That's that shit is powerful. Thank you also for getting me onto Twitter because fucking Twitter. <laughs> now that Elon Musk took it, I'm like, all right, I'm back. I'm back. Um, thank you so much, so much. So the safety, not feeling safe. Um, and do you feel like that played out for you in your adulthood? Like maybe with relationships or jobs or work? Yeah, absolutely. I can't fucking trust people. And I yeah. know that's a fact of just like, you know, that I'm, I don't, I, I don't feel safe, like disclosing emotions to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep my circle very small. I'm very skeptical of, you know, who I can trust. And it's honestly like, I, I have to attribute all to that because I just don't know what is a safe space. That's the hot seat. Next hot seat. We're going to do it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's good, but it's beautiful. Cause you see it. You're like, shit. Okay. It's probably from that. And it hundred percent would be because how are you going to trust people when you didn't have anybody in that time when you needed someone uh, honor you so damn much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody has a story here. So let's go, Angelica. Um, so growing up, I was, I'm the middle child of three. And both of my sisters are lighter skin. And so is my mom. And so growing up, they would always be like, Oh, you're more morenita. And especially during the summer, if I was out and, you know, playing on the field, like I got really, really dark. And so I could just, I always felt less than in my own family. My dad was always also darker like me. 
but like obviously nobody was talking about him they were talking comparing me to my sisters and so I always felt like there was something wrong with me for being darker and I could even see it now like even here in Arizona um there's a town called Scottsdale where it's like you know all the fancy people and all of that and it's like even now like sometimes I will feel uncomfortable in those places because like, I feel like I stick out. I'm like one of the darker ones. And, you know, like I said earlier too, in the seminars, it's like, it's, I don't fit in. And at the same time, like now that I've done the work, now I just keep on, you know, reminding myself that I am as special as anybody else, that I am allowed to take space, that it is okay for, um, for me to show up and all of that. And it was so crazy one day, like, talk about representation like watching shows and all of that like I never saw somebody like me and then one day I saw somebody that looked like me and I was freaking out and I was like this is crazy that out of like you know 33 years only one person on tv felt like I was you know what I meant like out of my 33 years old yeah. um I'm getting nervous sorry no it's good <laughs> of, I hear you out of my 33 years like I only saw one person on TV that looked like me like that's Crazy. sad yeah. and this is why I feel so excited <laughs> for all the little girls who see me and like they see that I'm doing these like badass stuff and I notice like their little eyes like light up and they're like yeah she can do it I could do it too again but like I could little girls have always looked up to me for whatever reason. So the fact that I'm doing all this badass stuff, is just like, I get excited that I get to be that for somebody else. Mm. Yes, girl. Yes. <sighs> okay. Then we got Leanne. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to talk about something that I learned recently that I probably didn't correlate, but it's my marriage, the way that my parents um, did their marriage. They're not together anymore, but there were a lot of things that I brought into my marriage. And it wasn't until I started to unravel some of that, that I was like, holy shit. Um, one was like hiding the money that I was spending. I was working for the shit myself, but my mom used to do this all the time. Like she used to either fight to spend money, um, with my father, because my father was cheap. He's like, why can't they get payless shoes? Why do you have to go and get them? You know, whatever shoes. <laughs> so my mom used to constantly hide or it used to be this really big fight about spending money about like, no, I'm going to go do this with the money. I'm going to take them shopping. So I found myself doing the same thing in my marriage, like literally hiding where I was spending money. I invested like $5,000 on a coach and never told my husband. And then he was like, oh, we have like so much money in your account. And I'm like, well, about that. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> so I was bringing in so much of that shit into here and also finding that I was so against, like, I had this view that we were against each other versus together as one, because that's what home was about. And it wasn't until I started to literally unravel all this shit that I'm like, holy shit, one, how are you still here? Um, but he's like my biggest fucking supporter. He cheers me on, right? When I'm like, I'm throwing in the towel. He's like, uh, remember all that money you invested? <laughs> you can't do that. Shout out to yes. the husband. <laughs> yeah, for real. So yeah, it's a lot of those little things that I have literally brought into my marriage. And something else was 
at about, I don't know, I think I was maybe five or six. I was up my father's ass all the time. I was daddy's little girl. I wouldn't even allow my mom to leave my father. I remember begging her not to leave my father, even though she was fucking miserable. Story for another day. Um, but I remember so up far up his ass that he finally decided like, fine, I'll take you with me to Puerto Rico. Um, and on our trip to Puerto Rico, apparently he was hanging out with another woman and I saw the way that he was being, but I didn't know this until older. Um, so he was being a totally different person. I went home, I cried to my mom and told my mom, whatever it is that I suspected, but I brought that into my marriage, constantly looking and knowing that like, of course there's someone else. Like, of course there's this stuff is going to happen because I, even though I was young and I, it was the way in the way he was being that I interpreted as we're not good enough, um, for him to be that way with us because all we got was a lot of other things. And I love my father, him and I have a great relationship now. They did the best they could do, but I really internalized so much shit that I literally brought it into my parenting, my marriage, like so much of it. And my husband doesn't do the work like me. So sometimes when I'm telling him this, he's like, you sound a little crazy, but sure, that makes sense. But yeah, it's like we just internalize so much of what we see and then we bring it into our homes and start living that way. And unless we're willing to like look ourselves in the mirror and be like, uh, you're, you gotta like stop the shit and do the work, it's just going to continue. And then you wonder why relationships aren't working. Yes, it could be the other person. And sometimes it's what you're bringing to the table and what you're making your situation mean and how you're being within your relationships. So, oh my gosh, that is a bomb. That's huge. And also it reminds me of that, like jealousy thing. That's another thing that I feel like the Latin community has like, men are going to look at women, men are going to be dirty and grimy and sexual towards other women. And you got to be okay with that. And that's what they do. No, and fuck not. yeah, I know. I'm like, like excuse me. <laughs> so I love that because it's another thing. Another one. It's like, we're like another one. That's another thing we need to fix in the Latin community. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I resonate with that a lot, Exida. <laughs> and I brought a lot of stuff into my marriage too, especially like with money that like, because my husband was making money and I wasn't like I was less than or something, you know? So yeah, I feel that. But uh, what I was going to share actually was, it's funny because when you said something that you didn't realize until you're older, when you're doing the work and then it clicked, uh, there was, so in high school, I, I had the nickname Jesus because it was, it was like, they said it like a joke, right? But they said, because I was so perfect. That was what they would always say. And it was when I was older that it clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's because I was whoever I needed to be, who, whoever needed me to be what, right? A major people pleaser, like real bad. And, and then it kind of made me sad because I was like, oh my gosh, that's why they called me that. But it started really from like a really young age because, um, you know, I had parents who worked their ass off. Like my, my dad started from the fields, like so young. And now he was, uh, freaking making way more money than a lot of people making college because of his hard work. So that's what I saw. Right. And it's like, we owe all this to him because he's done this for us. And so then it was like a constant, like need of approval, um, 
through school is how it started. Right. So it was like, I had to get straight A's. I never miss school. I had to be like an adult at such a young age and be like, Nope, it doesn't matter if I'm sick. If I don't feel good, I'm going to school. And I strive for perfect attendance for straight A's. It was exhausting, but I didn't realize this until way later. Right. But it was just seeking approval and, and being worthy because my parents had done so much to be like, bring me here, which I am so thankful for all they did. I really am. And I'm not saying that at all. But it was it it stripped me of who I was of ever getting to know who I was. And so when I became older and when I started doing the work um, and I realized, well, I'm not really who I thought I was (laughs) and really taking those layers off and being like, okay, with maybe my parents might not like me as much as they did before. And that's okay. But yeah, that was like a big thing. And I, and that's something that I instill in my kids all the time. I'm going to love you no matter what. And you just need to be who you need to be. And that's not my problem. You know what I mean? That's, that's your thing. And I'm not going to, whatever you do with your life, isn't going to affect your worth or whatever, or, you know, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was a big realization for me. <laughs> I love that. And I love that because uh, I'm a Puerto Rican woman. So Puerto Rico in America is like, you can go to America as a Puerto Rican, but I'm mindful that Mexico, you can't right. And South America, you can't. And I, I've seen when I lived in California on the East coast, on the West coast, especially like my Mexican sisters that I had over there, Uh, I was really close to this family in Mexico and I lived with them and they were Mexican and they took me in and I got to see for them how it worked. And there was this guilt that like I came to this country, you know, uh, my husband who passed away, his family was from El Salvador. One of his aunties came in the fucking motor of a truck like Joan Apoyo. I think like what? Like she burned her skin coming inside of this truck to cross the border illegally so she could bring her family like yo eso me mata like that shit that should never have to happen and to come to another country so and then when when they raise these first gen american latin kids you know right we're puerto rican three of us here are puerto rican we don't even know that world but i got to see that world with el salvador and, and mexico and it's like yo that's something we didn't even need to worry about and the parents and the guilt of like, I got to prove them. I got to be a good student like Nereida. I got to work a good job. I need to go to college because they sacrificed everything. And then there's this like Spanish speaking shame. I don't know about if we've got time for that, but there's another thing like, oh no, I don't speak Spanish. I'm Mexican, but I'm from California. Like, I don't, do you know Hablo, El Espanolo? And it's like, because the parents, you know, see the laugh of recognition, unmute, yo. That's like, that's like another thing that I saw in California, <laughs> right? And they it's like, even have a term for them. They're called no sabos. So it's oh like making fun God. of the fact that they don't know how to speak Spanish. And it's like, Crazy. yo, like of all the fucking shit that we got to be concerned and self-conscious about, like we're going to add this shit on. I know. Yeah. I was just like, like shameful if you speak Spanish because the white people are going to think you're from Spanish countries and dirty and bad and like we are fucking Spanish countries. Like uh, anyway, yo, that's a some problema. So Nereida, I honor you and and Angelica and anybody else who's listening that's from a Latin country that's not Puerto Rico because we like the Hawaii, not official. But anyway, <laughs> that's another another one that we could talk about later. Um, okay, Leanne, tell us a childhood thing that you see that affected you as a grown up. Oh man, we get deep. Was this like a hot seat? Hey girl, <laughs> I'm taking um, notes for later. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no. For me, the the one thing that stuck out to me was the second child syndrome 
and always feeling like I was in the shadows of my sister. And that's something that still comes up for me to this day that I still work through. Um, you know, just the the lack of self-confidence that I had as a kid and always feeling like, you know, trying to be like her, but could never reach that level. Um, and I think that's what stopped me for even before I even started doing the work, not having that confidence within myself. Um, but it wasn't until I started doing this work and stopped that comparison trap that I was doing for so long for me to like, just stop comparing myself to my sister. Cause I'm not her. I'm never going to be her. And that's okay. Mm, we got the realness happening. La hermana. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a t-shirt that says Edmanahood. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge yeah. because you guys grew up in the same home and now you're in on this journey and obviously two different journeys mm-hmm. of the work, but still supporting each other and, and being a part of each other's world. Do you feel like you guys have a better relationship now than ever or? 1000%. 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. Now we just talk about how fucked up everybody else is in our family and how they need help. <laughs> We're like the chosen ones. And we're just like, yeah. y'all, y'all need Jesus and a therapist. Okay. <laughs> yep. For sure. Yeah. It I wasn't lie. always like that. Yeah. It wasn't always like that, but you know, thank God for you for, for this oh, program. I love, I love yeah. you. I laugh because I got like Nikki who works for us and she, she joined the sisterhood when it first came out. She was one of the first 25 women in 2018. And then she enrolled everybody, her mom's in the sisterhood, her cousin, her aunt, her sister, like all these people, everybody. And you can see how it like how she needed to do her first and, and grow. And then by her changing and shifting, people started paying attention. And those that wanted to, those that wanted to, okay, don't be shoving this shit down their face. Read Byron Katie. They're like, Vete pa allá, I have sent a Latin version of Byron Katie to my family. Pa que tu lo sepa. She has a Spanish version. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to read this shit, but she started doing it. And then her family started like, Oh, I'm interested. And I see the change in you and I want to do it now. And, uh, it's so funny. Cause we jokingly would talk shit. She would talk shit about her sister on the hot seat. And we would all be like, wait till your sister joins. And then her sister joined and her sister was like, bitches, you've been talking about me. And they have this beautiful relationship like you two. And it's gorgeous to see the vulnerability, but also the responsibility that each of them are taking for how fucked up they were to each other because of, you know, the upbringing. So it's huge. Um, all right. So I want to I want to change gears and ask you, what do you think made you ready What do you think made you ready to invest the time, the energy, the money? Because we hear, like you said, like you said, like, oh, I'm happy or Angelica, I'm happy to spend money on Gucci, but I'm not going to pay for coaching or I'm not going to pay for self-development. I feel like in the Latin community, we still have that like personal development is corny. You're going to go to a Tony Robbins event like, you know, like we go to Bad Bunny concerts, but, you know, we see Mark Anthony, but we ain't going to go to. Uh, UPW. So what do you think? Uh, um, I've been investing for a really long time for like the last year and a half. Secretly. But this no. was the first, <laughs> yes, secretly. Um, but this was the first time that I told my husband, like, I want to do this program. And he was like, who is it for? 
So he was like, if it's for you, great. So we put it on his credit card. Mind you, we were definitely going through some hard fucking times and maybe shouldn't have been spending the money. But into this program, I just knew that I was ready for the next level. I'd been working on myself a lot. Um, and then again, just seeing Erica's vibe and in her space and like another Latina, like, hell yeah, I'm there. I honestly don't even know that I knew what I was signing up for. I just knew that it was going to help me level the fuck up. So I was like, I'm in there because I'm ready for my next level up. So, (laughs) but I just knew even before this investing in myself was like, I am sick of the same shit. Like what got me going on myself was I'm sick of my own shit. And that I was like, I'm sick of the same shit. And looking around for the people next to me is not giving me the answers. That's not going to work. So I just literally started throwing money out at like coaches and shit. Um, so I feel like I always had this like inner knowing that I was meant for something bigger. Like I always had this list of like bucket list and I would always be cl- crossing them off and I would like nobody taught me that. And YouTube was not that big back then. And I was just always like, there's more that I want to do. There's more. And like, I didn't have anybody around me except one of my friends. Um, she did tell me to go to therapy because I had been molested and, you know, she's like, it would be good to talk about that. And so I did, but then I think it was like one of those, one of the movies that I saw that they had seminars in one of the movies, I don't know if it was Yes Man or something. And I was like, I want to go to those seminars where people are just like, yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't know. I just did it on my own. Nobody around me was doing it. Nobody, everybody would be like, you're crazy. You're, you're spending $3,000, $5,000 to be, you know, in the seminars with people you don't know. And then you're being vulnerable. Like you're telling them all your stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I don't regret it. It's been the best fucking thing for my life. Like, I really do believe that I am where I'm at. Like, there's still like a huge place that I can grow to. But I believe that I'm where I'm at because of all of that work that I've done. And yeah, I don't look back and regret any of it. Mm. And this is my life now. Coaches upon coaches. (laughs) Yes. I love it. And I know that y'all work on yourselves and we invest, but it is a thing that comes up, you know, even in your own businesses, when someone Janice wants to join your program or work with you, Nereida, or hire Jaxeda, or, you know, come to your events that you create. It's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to invest it. And I always, I talk about this a lot because I rate all of you that invest and I invest too. Like I'm always, I'm like, I'm always shedding tears for the investments because I know that quote, when you pay, you pay attention. Right. And, and there's such a, a stigma around, I don't want to spend the money on it. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Leanne, tell me, you know, sharing not only money, but time and energy. When you start working on yourself, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, it's not like, yay, to the sister. I'm so happy. I'm this shit is ghetto as fuck. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me. No. Um, you know, for me, like piggybacking on what Jexida said, it was me tired of my own shit. You know, me living this life of complacency for so long and just being sick of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it, this this journey is like never ending. It's exhausting. If I'm completely honest, there's times that I'm just like, yo, I can't because it's too much, but I make sure that I always come back to it because I've seen the change. You know, I watched the, the hot seat of when I first joined back in November 
And then I watched the hot seat where Mia spoke last month. And just seeing the change in me, like me watching me was fucking wild. It's huge. It's so powerful. <laughs> it's huge. And when you're doing this work, like for me, I don't see it because I'm doing it every single day. But then to like be able to reflect back and see, yo, I really have changed. Mind blown. Mind blown. So I know. I yeah. know. That's why we make to you. Seriously, you you doing it though. Like that's why we yeah. make these like when you join, do a video introducing yourself because I mean, Nere, that two years you've been in, you go back to watch that video when you join and I have everybody's videos and I watch them and I'm like, I don't recognize you. This like apologetic. Uh, I had to record this 14 times and I didn't want to push. I didn't want to push live and I deleted it and I started again. And uh, uh, uh. It's like the whole watch everybody's welcome video. When you when you go into the group, everybody's apologizing half the video. I'm like, get to you. Who are you? Why did you join? They were fucking apologizing. So it is powerful. And the hot seat is like our coaching call where we, where we do the work and it's amazing. Um, I love that. So I want to hear from Janice cause you are the money mentor up in here and people will say, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money for that. I can't do that. I can't pay for that. But like Angelica said, they'll buy fucking rims and you know, bullshit. So what would you say to someone who's like, I want to do this, but I don't have the money. I don't have the time. All that. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it has to do with you not feeling worthy of investing in yourself. Right. I think as women and especially as women of color, we are programmed to never invest in ourselves. Like we have to give, 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 but nothing should come back to us. And I noticed that as a pattern for myself, like I will be happy to drop, you know, money on my professional goals on getting some certification on taking some course for my business on hiring for, you know, some goal that I have professionally. But then when it comes to like investing in something that's going to help me level up, like as a human, it's like a harder conversation for some reason. It's like, bitch, you really need that? Like, or, and, and I think it's just like a reprogramming of what it actually means to invest in yourself. Right. Um, so if you're not willing to bet on yourself, then like, I don't really know what you're spending money on because the external shit, you know, you'll get that quick high from buying your next Louis Vuitton bag or taking that next trip to Cabo. But the, the results and the, the feeling and the excitement from that shit doesn't last. What will actually help you create the life that you want is like deciding that you are the most valuable investment that there is none of the external shit is actually going to make any difference in your life. Mm, mm, that's a bam, 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 bam. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me, tell me, Angelica, tell me. As she was talking, it just also reminded me of how many people don't want to take responsibility for their life. So that's why they don't want to go into the work because then they actually have to re- like see like who actually is creating all the chaos. It's themselves. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> I don't want to know that. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's another reason why some people are not willing to do this work. Yeah, 100%. And it is, it is ghetto as fuck. Like you say, Leanne, it's not an exciting, fun thing. You get the welcome pack and you're like, yes, sisterhood. And then you're like, oh, I hate this. Then you, you start the, those modules. It's like, oh shit, we really got to yeah. do it now? Like, oh no, I don't, I like Erica better on Instagram. I don't want to talk about right. this. Right. <laughs> um, okay, we're about to wrap this soon, but I'd love to know 
Um, what has been like the biggest, what are you most proud of from joining and whether it is one of the modules or a lesson or a person you met or a, a conversation or a masterclass or something you attended, what are you most proud of from your, your contribution? And like I said, in the intro, this work only works when you work it. It's not, and I, and I love y'all. And we said like, thank you for your praise and your love. Cause I, I love it and I'm grateful, but it can't be me. Because this program exists, there's been over 900 women join and some don't get any fucking results. Like, and then you got fucking somebody joins in 18 days, they completely transform their lives. So it's really you individually, each and every one of you doing what you do. You guys are doing it. So, you know, I, I think it's super important, but I'd love to know what are you most proud of from the um I think the like I said, I've been doing so much personal development over the years and a lot of the times I can get in my head. So I think one I'm the most proud of is like taking care of my inner child. That's like one of the things that I learned that I was reminded in the sisterhood of like really sit there with your inner child and how she's feeling at the moment. Stop trying to rationalize the situation and just be there for her and like hold that space of her not feeling so good at the moment and deal with the rationalization later but in the moment like we don't really have very many spaces where we're able to just be sad be mad be angry like all the emotions it's like oh like something happens and the next day you have to go to work so better buckle up and forget about it because you have shit to do or like people who have kids it's like you don't have those moments where you just get to be there for your inner child and tell her, you know, I love you. And I'm so sorry, this shit hurts right now. So I'm proud of doing that for myself more and more as I keep going on with the sisterhood. Oh, I love that. Nareda, tell me, what are you most proud of? Um, Showing up like freaking showing up. I was so scared to be seen for so long. And it just feels good to just be me. Like when I get in the group and I'm just like crying and without any fear of judgment or anything. And like, they're just like, they're, they're real tears. I don't know if that makes sense, but they're just real tears that they're coming from just like a little soul that just needs to shed them. And I'm in a safe space. And I think with that, it just helped me more to be, um, like even be there more for other mamas, like to be like, I'm not going to judge you. Like you say whatever you want to say, like you need to be heard and seen. And I feel like I had to do that for myself first. Right. And, and it was great, right. That I had this safe space to do it in the sisterhood. And as soon as I started doing that for myself, I was able to do that for other, other moms. And I say moms, because I specifically focus on moms, but um, yeah, it just kind of opens up a whole new way of being because you get to just be you, you know, without judgment. I mean, sure. The thoughts might come every once in a while, but then you kind of, you now have the tools and you can figure out where that's coming from or work through that or whatever. But yeah, I mean, when, when else do you get to just be you? And I feel like it feels good. It feels good to just be me finally. (laughs) Mm, I love it. I love it. Leanne, tell me. Uh, I'm proud of showing up for me. I'm proud of my vulnerability of not playing small anymore, of taking up space, of taking my power back with my voice and creating a safe space for others. Um, 
And I'm proud of the amazing fucking people that I've met because of this program. I've connected with so many women who have changed my life. And I'm just so fucking grateful for that. And you won an award. I love it. You just came, you came to win. Janice, tell me and Jaxeda. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I've realized that you don't have to actually do this alone and that you don't have to figure it out and that there are people who are going through shit. And just like knowing that there are people who are going through shit makes it feel like it's also okay for you to be going through shit, right? Because mental health can be so isolating, especially if you don't have anybody around you who actually just can fucking listen and not judge and just be a voice and, and, a, and a, you know, a shoulder to cry on. So if you can't find that within your immediate vicinity, like this is why these communities exist. So you don't have to do it alone. Mm, I love that. So freaking true. Coming out with us locas, we got this, you know, <laughs> Jack say that. Yes, I would say same thing, showing up, being vulnerable as hell, authentic. Because, um, yeah, like not having to have a reason to be sad, cry, like all the things, just having that safe space, because you're right, there's, I mean, I can sit in the corner of my house and cry and everyone's gonna be like, oh my God, what's wrong with you, right? Which has definitely happened. Like, oh my God, mom's crying. God forbid. So. <laughs> what's wrong with her? Oh my God, we made mom cry. I'm like, y'all, it's okay. Um, so definitely that permission. And like Leanne said, and I'm sure everyone can relate, is the bomb ass relationships that I have built with fucking strangers that I have never met in my life, but that I feel are like, so my sisters, like having a call with Chantel that we have scheduled and we show up having a group with Leanne and just, just, it's fucking amazing because I've been in communities and this is different. This is different. The engagement is different. The connections are different. The vulnerability is different. It's exactly where I belonged and really shows the possibility that we can create communities where there is connection, where there is vulnerability, where there is authenticity, where there's love, where there's acceptance, like all of it. And I just fucking love it here. So yes. (laughs) Picking up myself off the floor with tears. I love you guys. I I will say that honestly, like, again, everyone's like, you created a safe space. And I'm like, one human can't create a safe space. Like we need one or two people to gather for space to even be created. So the fact that the space gets created through every single woman who joins and shares and, and is they trust that what they say there, it's like what happens in sisterhood Vegas stays. And yo, I'm so proud. I feel like I need a badge, like on my website, like in four years, no information has been leaked from this program. You know, like it's like FBI security, like nobody said nothing. There's been all kinds of conversations and, you know, we speak about, I mean, just on this episode, You touched on three big things that have happened in your own personal lives that, you you know, considered taboo. You wouldn't tell someone. Eso no se dice a la gente. It's your private business. And I will say that that's the best thing about the community for me is that women have come in and stripped and been like, look at me. I'm going to be here, you know, metaphorically naked. And all of us are like that. So there's no judgment and it's safe. And, Yo, just to see somebody sit in their car and cry on a video and then be like, okay, like where the fuck else can she tell someone she's suicidal? Where the fuck else can she share that? Where? Like, I'm more concerned about where could they not? Oh my gosh, she's suicidal. It's like, um, where else is she going to share that? And we need that space, those places. So, um, 
Thank you. All right. Our last, last thing. And we're going to wrap this up and we're going to share where people can find you because these women are dope. So what's dope in Spanish? Como se dice dope? <laughs> Chido. Chingonas. Chido. Chido. <laughs> También. Okay. Bien chido. Está so, bien chido. Oh, I never, I never knew that. Okay, that's a, that's take chingona too. I'm like Cheetos. <laughs> I'm like I got some flaming hot Cheetos. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, what's next for you in your life, in your growth, uh, in your journey? Now that you have this incredible community and the tools that you've learned and the things you're continuing to do, what's next for you, Nereida? Okay, um, <clears throat> I guess my, I, I'm still on my journey. I'm still figuring that out, but I definitely, okay, so my goals are, okay, I'll share that, are, are to really um, find, uh, help mamas find more community. So when I'm, you know, when I'm having these mom circles, obviously, like, it's just fine. It, finding community. Um, and then with, uh, storytelling, motherhood, storytelling events, I basically wanted to just for moms to literally just sit there and listen to other moms tell their story because in their, that vulnerability, they're like, okay, I am seen and I'm not crazy and I'm actually okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm just working through figuring out how to best support moms and the realness and knowing that just because there's bad sides of motherhood doesn't mean you're a bad mom. Mm, mm. So where can we find you? If we oh, yes. Want to stalk you. <laughs> um, so uh, on Instagram, I am Nereda.Martin um, is my username and I will post all the realness on there. So you never have to feel alone. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So Leanne, what about you? So what's next for you now that you have the tools, the community? Um, what, what's next in your world? Um, just to keep showing up with my podcast, putting myself out there, continue to interview amazing women, men of all races, ages. And I want to get to the next module because I'm still in module one. I can't believe this. So yep. module one is a joke. Like we never leave module one because it's all about your mind. And that shit's just yep. crazy. Um, <laughs> it's just wild. Where are you technically now module wise? Cause you just joined and I feel like you've been in for 10 years. I know it, it feels like about a hundred. Um, I, I haven't finished the Byron Katie book. So I want that to be my goal to completely finish that before I move on. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And where can we find you and listen to your podcast? Well, it's called the Watch Us Thrive podcast. You can listen to it everywhere. And I'm mainly on Instagram at Watch Us Thrive podcast. So check me out. Brand new episodes every Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. I Thank love you. it. Love Jake, you. Jake, say that. Tell me um, what's next and where can we find you? Yes. What's next? Um building community and supporting women in stepping into their confidence and courage. Um, this has been probably the biggest realization is that I've been avoiding, even though I've already done it, but building community. And as I'm doing consulting and coaching work, I want to stick to that as I know how impactful it has been for me to get into communities where I feel like I belong. So creating those spaces, 
for women and mothers. And for me, it's really about a mind, body, soul connection and helping moms as well. I'm also focusing on moms that are ready to start pouring into themselves the way that we pour into our children, our careers and everything else, but ourselves, um, we get to put ourselves first. So that's what I'm doing, creating communities and workplaces as well as communities with women. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Fierce Leadership Coaching. Ooh, Thank you. Leadership. I like it. I like it. Okay, Janice. Um, this is like breaking news. So I am going to write a book. I just got a book deal today, y'all. And so I'm going to be out here writing a book that doesn't exist, which is a personal finance book for the Latina community. Oh my gosh. Yes, girl. Yes. Literally. I literally just got the call today. And so I'm, I'm really out here trying to inspire and empower women to believe that they can create the life of their fucking dreams. And you don't have to be JLo. You don't have to be Cardi B. You can be a regular smegular girl from the block and still get the bag. Okay. So that's what I'm going to be working on. And you can find me and my shenanigans and my podcast at Yo Quiero Dinero podcast um, all over social. And yeah. Oh. And we're we going to make it to the Oprah book club. <laughs> manifesting that, okay? Yes, the fuck we are. Yes. And when you get there, just just throw her my book too, okay? When you up there, just say, Mira, I, I got, got you. you. I got you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, Angelica. Um, what's next for me is that I'm going to continue to grow my business. My business is called Living the Badass Life. I am a massage therapist here in Phoenix, Arizona, and an abundance life coach for millennials. And so I help um, badass millennials create a life that they're truly proud of, let go of the um, shame and the guilt, and make more decisions that will make them feel pretty badass. And you can find me on Instagram on Living the Badass Life 11. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Last call for alcohol. We're about to go now. Um, Last call for sparkling water. Um, No, vamos. Uh, I'd love to know one, one thing, if there's a woman out there similar to you, who's listening, who's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is the right thing for me. One thing that you would say to her in regards to not only joining the sisterhood, obviously we want you to join the sisterhood. If you love me, I love you back. Let's go. But even not the sisterhood, just generally working on herself. What would you say to her? Just one line. We'll start with Leanne and then we'll go Nereida, Jaxeda, Angelica, and Janice. Show up and do the work because it's going to change your fucking life if you take it seriously. Boom. Okay. Oh, fuck. I wish I had the horn again. Okay. They're all going to be horn answers just so you know, audience. Okay. Uh, Nereida. Um, You are worthy of it all and the life that you want for yourself and Gosh, we want to see you up there so that your daughters and their daughters see more Latina women doing the damn thing. We want you to win. Oh, far out. Fucking great. Jack, say that. Mm. Yes, do it for you. Show up, especially if you're sick of your own shit. Just know that you have the ability to take responsibility and to change your life because it will be 1000% worth it and you will be able to change your life if you are fully committed. Mm, Angelica. Bring out your light again. Like a lot of women have their lights have been dimmed because of situations and you know, a lot of things have happened to them. And this kind of work will just bring 
that inner glow from within and you will look even more beautiful than you had all the surgeries. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Jenny's. You playing small does not serve the world. So it's time to give yourself permission to big, to, to dream a big life. I love Mic you drop. ladies. I know like, <laughs> like, 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 yo, I know you, I know you want it. Here we go. That's it. Hey, okay. We had it. Seriously. Thank you so damn much. Uh, thank you for showing up. Thank you for saying yes to yourself. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you for crying and pulling out the bullshit. Thank you for being an example in the community because one person's not going to change this shit. We do it together. And if I don't see you, I don't feel welcomed. If I don't see you, I don't get permission. If I don't see you, I don't know that I can. Si ella puede, tú puede. Like when you can, I can. And I genuinely I fucking, you are like, I'm inspired by you. I'm grateful that you said yes to this invitation of vulnerability and sharing your story to everybody listening or watching this, go follow them. Don't believe me, go follow them. Go watch these women live their lives. They are so incredible. And I I am honored to do this thing called personal development and life with you. So thank you so fucking much. Thank you. Thank you for creating this. All right, my love, if you resonate with any of this and you are freaking ready to make it happen and join us in the hood, click the link in the show notes. We would love to support you in changing your life. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.